It's 930 in 716. And we're back. The facts are there. The charge is there. And that's what they're faced with. I don't know what D.A. John Flynn was thinking when he preferred those charges against them. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm on this country's side. That's whose side I'm on. I'm on justice's side. The 930 and 716 podcast has remained backstage, if you will, during the COVID-19 crisis, allowing most of our resources to bring you daily live coverage on WBEN of all the critical issues surrounding coronavirus, the pandemic, and of course, the shutdown. Reopening, thankfully, well underway, and we're back. And what a moment in history it is to be back. A nation gripped in the fallout following the killing of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department. And now a nation in disarray as we discuss race relations, policing, defunding police, reforming police. It, of course, took a violent turn a couple of weeks back when a demonstration that began peacefully in Niagara Square in Buffalo went badly and violent into the night as demonstrators returned to the square and challenged police. Ever since, it has been a volatile discussion. Demonstrations, curfews, confrontation. It all came to a head on a Thursday evening in Niagara Square as well at the 8 p.m. curfew. And I was there when seemingly a demonstration was about to end peacefully A small group challenged police and remained, and as they moved across the square in front of City Hall, Buffalo police confronting demonstrator Martin Gugino as he advanced toward police. He, as you're well aware by now, was pushed by police and slammed to the concrete, sustaining a serious injury to the head. The two officers were suspended without pay. On Thursday night... We had two of our police officers cross the line. Now they're charged with felony assault. On the podcast, two perspectives on the law enforcement side. In a moment, a longtime Buffalo police captain, leader, and homicide chief weighs in. But first, it was Erie County District Attorney John Flynn who passionately laid out the charges facing the two officers and the laws to back it up. This particular assault charge in the second degree is a felony. Now, again, there, there may be some who say that, you know, that I'm choosing sides here by arresting and prosecuting these police officers, and I say that's ridiculous. I'm not choosing sides. I'm prosecuting 39 protesters sides here that I'm choosing. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm on this country's side. That's whose side I'm on. I'm on justice's side. And all I'm doing is my job. My job is to prosecute those who have violated the law. Plain and simple. And I believe, and I'm alleging, that these two officers violated the law. Now, this case is the same as the Actel case with the deputy sheriff that I prosecuted almost two years ago. So again, 
those who say and who are going to argue that I am grandstanding here by charging police officers. I've, I, I've prosecuted six police officers. I said five last week. I forgot about one in, in Hamburg. I've prosecuted six police officers in the past three and a half years for criminal violations. I'm not Johnny come lately to the table here. I've been doing this since day one of my administration. I charged a deputy uh, sheriff almost two years ago for assault on a fan at a Bills game. And again, it's the same legal analysis. It's the same assault charge. The only difference is, is that in New York State, there happens to be a specific penal law subsection that says if the victim is 65 years or older and the perpetrator is 10 years younger, that makes it a felony. I didn't write that statute. The legislature wrote that statute. No, I'm not apologizing for it. It's a proper statute because obviously we want to protect our elderly from getting physically abused. So I'm not disagreeing with the statute, but for those who may say that I'm looking to jam up these two guys, that I'm looking at and I'm scrolling through the penal code here in New York State, looking to jam a square peg in a round hole, that's absurd. Right now, I've got a round hole and a round peg. It's perfect. It's black and white in the letter of the law. It says right there, anyone who's a victim 65 years or older and, and the perpetrator is 10 years younger, it's a felony. I can't disregard that. I can't turn a blind eye to that and say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Just be, I don't, I don't want to jam these guys up. You know, it's a felony. I can't do that. I got to do my job. There's a law on the books. I have to follow the law. The same intent analysis, though, is there on the misdemeanor charge that I charge Actel. It's the same charge. It's just unfortunately upgraded for these two officers because of the fact that the victim was 75 years old here. But it's the same charge. It's the same legal principle. It's the same analogy. I've done nothing different than I did in Actel. And I need to be consistent. If I, have to, if I have any credibility as a district attorney, if I have any credibility as a public official, I need to be consistent in what I do. I've been consistent since day one on this job, and I'll be consistent until I leave five years from now. And, again, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not ap apologizing for charging with a felony. It is what it is. The facts are there. The charges there, and that's what they're faced with. The charges against the officers didn't sit well with the police and fire unions, who stood in support outside the courthouse as the two officers were arraigned. And the charges don't sit well with a longtime member of the Buffalo Police Department. I've watched that video probably 50 times, and over and over again, I've asked myself the question, how could they possibly have placed charges any charges, let alone felony assault, against these two fine officers. Former homicide captain Charles Theramuska was so moved, 
He wrote a lengthy letter to the Buffalo News on the matter. He spent some time with Tom Bowerly on WBEN this week, challenging the DA and offering a longtime law enforcement perspective on why the charges aren't warranted. It's just mind-boggling to me. I don't know what DA John Flynn was thinking when he preferred those charges against them. Uh, Yeah, because proving intent, given the videos of the incident itself, as well as the conversations that this guy was having with other protesters prior to the incident. One of the protesters is just disgusted with this guy and says to somebody interviewing him, it's like he wants to get punched in the face. So as far if we're going to talk about intent, we've got a witness at the scene who states that the intent, in his opinion, of the guy who got pushed was to get punched in the face. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate that that Mr. Gugino suffered an injury as a result of this. But he is the person that instigated this situation, not those officers. Those officers were on the front line performing their duties as ordered. How could you possibly hold them uh, in any type of blame for the situation as it happened. They were doing their job. He got in their faces. He stuck his hand out towards the officers with a, f- a cell phone in it. What his intent was, I don't know. But if intent is to be proved from any aspect of this incident, the intent was on Mr. Gugino and not on those police officers. Yeah, and without intent, conscious intent to injure, there is no case against these officers. There's no intent, there's no negligence, there's no recklessness, there's no intentional infliction of harm. They were doing their job, and, and now they're being hung out to dry. They, they've been suspended from duty without pay, sent home to tell their families, hey, I've been suspended, we don't have income. This is an awful situation for those two men, and it should not have happened. Where is the, where is the support from the administrators? Where is the commanding officer who was on scene, on location, who gave the order to those officers to advance? Well, and let me interrupt at this point. You were on the job for 30 years on the Buffalo Police Department. Is the deputy police commissioner, Grimalia, who gave the lawful order to clear the square, is he culpable? And how about the guy who set the curfew, the mayor of Buffalo, Mayor Byron Brown? Is he also culpable? Very good questions. I can't answer those questions. I don't know if Deputy Commissioner Grimalia was, in fact, the officer in charge of the scene. I've heard the stories to that effect that he was, but I don't know if he was for sure. But the bottom line, whoever it was, whatever, whoever that commanding officer was on location at Niagara Square, why isn't he or she stepping forward and saying, I gave the order to those men to advance, they should not be held accountable. If anything, hold me accountable. So I've had a bunch of uh, your fellow on-duty and off-duty or on-duty and retired officers uh, telling me that they believe this was entirely a political situation and that they would not be surprised at all if Governor Cuomo picked up the the phone and made a call to John Flynn. Have you any information on that? I have no information on that whatsoever, but I did hear... Governor Cuomo, on television, 
calling for the arrest of those officers as well as Erie County Executive Polling Cars. Both of them, political people, called for the arrest of those police officers. Yeah, okay, well, you, you would know this uh, a lot better than I, Captain Firamuska, Buffalo Police Department, retired 30 years of service to Buffalo, but the the people in charge, especially those who are lawyers, have got to understand that anything they're saying right now, conceivably, could be used in the favor of the officers. Let's say they're convicted, they could do a Sam Shepard appeal and say, look, these guys couldn't get a fair trial because of the circus atmosphere that was created. Thus, the silence. You don't have any, any administrator stepping forward and, and taking acknowledging any type of blame for this incident. There's silence, and, and that means that the two officers become your scapegoats. They are the ones that everything is being pinned on. How unfair. It is so damn unfair to those police officers to put charges on them. Uh, I can't understand it, Tom. Based on what I've seen, based on what I think I know, I cannot disagree with you at all. And um, again, the whole idea, the whole element of the uh, of the charges against the officers is intent to injure. And I don't see any intent to injure whatsoever uh, on the part of those cops. Now, some of the people who have who have chimed in on social media have said words to the effect of, well, you know, the officers should have simply arrested him, just quietly arrested him and not pushed him. Can you explain why that didn't happen and what exactly the command was that was being given when the officers were advancing? They, they have to follow procedure. It's written. There is a book. There is a, a, a policy that is written instructing these officers on what action to take in situations like that. Frontline officers are to proceed and move protesters out of the way and to continue they are not to stop. Now, if you watch that video, one of those officers, after Mr. Gugino went down, started to bend towards Mr. Gugino. At that point, the lieutenant in charge, directly behind that officer, stopped him and told him to continue because that's the procedure. There were medics in the back line. I believe they were New York State Police medics that took over and attended to Mr. Gugino's injuries. The lines, they're drawn. The peaceful protesting continues, and now a grand jury will decide the legitimacy of the charges. We all stay tuned. It is good, though, to be back. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.